Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea. I'm here today with Brian and Chris, and we are reading about the Passover meal. We're like here, the end of Passover week. Um, what stuck out to you guys in today's reading? <laughs> Don't all go at once. <laughs> okay, I have some questions that I would like you guys to answer for me. <laughs> um, a couple of things stood out to me. Satan entering Judas Iscariot was one of the things that... Um, wow, we're going to start on a light note, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah. why not? <laughs> in Luke 22, it says, Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the 12 disciples... Um, and that's when he went to the leading priest to betray Jesus. Um, do we think that it is actually Satan entering Jesus or is this like a, another word for a demon or the accuser or whatever, like Satan's been called in the past in the Bible or is it literally Satan? What do you guys think? I would probably go more with a demon personally, Okay, but that's mainly just because I've seen demon possessed people and things like that and kind of know what that looks like, know that it does happen. Um, but would that, you know, whether it's actually Satan, whether it's a demon, uh, it's definitely the forces of evil. It's mm-hmm. definitely, you know, trying to come against Jesus. They tried to kill him at his birth. Uh, now trying to kill him, uh, when he is going to die, thinking they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would probably lean towards an evil spirit, but uh, you know I'm going to say that very loosely. <laughs> okay, um, got it. <laughs> yes, very, we'll very, very open-handed <laughs> on that one. Another thing that stuck out to me is um, another version of the Bible talks about in John one that Jesus loved his disciples during his ministry on Earth, and then the phrase they use is um, he showed them the full extent of his love, and right after that he washes their feet, um, which I think is such a I mean, just crazy powerful thing. I mean, we know that Jesus watching the disciples' feet is like such true humility after what we know about Jesus and who he is. Um, and then right after he washes their feet, I think, as I'm reading it, um, they start arguing about who's going to be the greatest, <laughs> which is a huge bummer. Have you guys ever washed feet? I have. You have? Yes. I have had my feet washed. Like uh, a, as part of like a formal part of a service. Oh, like my wedding. Yeah, it's pretty formal. Oh, wedding. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Why'd you choose to do that at your wedding? Uh, Dustin chose to do that at my wedding. Dustin Mosher. Guys, he's the best person in the you world. Know, like, I mean, YWAM's kind of big into foot washing. It's are like, they? Yeah. It's uh, because, you know, servant leadership is one of the values. And so there's, I mean, I've spent 25 years in YWAM. So I've been a part of a few foot washing times. Um, <laughs> been a part of a few foot washings in yep. my time. <laughs> Washed a few, had mine washed a few times. So, uh, but that really is uh, doesn't go over in some cultures. Well, it's it's almost like a it's almost like a sacrament in the Mennonite Church. Mm. I mean, like almost the level of like really? baptism and yeah. I didn't know. Um, I, it depends on what conference you're in, um, which is another hilarious conversation. But um, yeah, we I mean we washed we washed feet at least twice a year, um, and it, it's everybody. It's everybody mm. in the church. The the men go to one spot and the women go to another spot. Usually the women stay in the sanctuary and the men go to the gym. Um, <laughs> it already smells bad. Happen. And, 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 <laughs> and no, no, it actually doesn't smell bad. It just smells so much like Clorox. <laughs> Wait, like, you're yeah. washing people's feet with bleach? Well, a little bit. 
Um, but what's hilarious, this is so funny to me. Um, so like there's a transition, right? Like the, the men have to leave and the women have to like figure out. So during that transition, the people who think it's disgusting, they just like sneak out the door. That would be me. Um, but it was funny. Like I, I've actually always really appreciated foot washing because of that. Um, because I've had some really, really awesome interactions with people that I would never normally, uh, choose to deal with. Actually, there was, there was one time, this is funny Mennonite stories, but I was having like a pretty serious tension with an elder in the church. And, uh, it was a foot washing night and the, the elder that knew I was pretty upset with him. And I was a young, like I was young, I was like 19. The elder like came and sat beside me to wash my feet and was like, oh, like it's actually pretty hard to be wow. upset with you when you're like choosing to be a servant. It's very cool. Um, there's, I could tell you tons of other very crazy stories where it was like, oh, this is pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> like foot stories? Cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like, li- like literally everybody in the church is washing each other's feet. It's like an actual thing. Um, uh, my dad well, sang, you know, the song by Twyla Paris, How Beautiful. Oh, yeah. I'm like waiting for you to start singing it. My dad sang that while it doesn't watch a, my feet. I don't know a lot of Twyla Paris, Paris oh. unfortunately. <laughs> well, I did actually have a thought when I was reading this uh, foot washing passage that's um, I, reading it the way we're doing it, it kind of stood out to me that it's only recorded in John. And it is kind of interesting that John was written later than most of the other Gospels. Hmm. Uh, so there would have been a lot more opportunity for division. There would have been a lot more opportunity for uh, not servant leadership uh, to occur. And it just, it's kind of interesting that John felt like he, this was a story that needed to be remembered and told Yeah. Um, when he wrote his Gospel probably because of a lot of the stuff that he had been seeing in the ministry in the years that had happened since this. Yeah, that's a really good point. The other Gospels. Because the other Gospels really focus in on the actual Passover meal part and the breaking Mm -hmm. of the bread and everything, and then the foot washing comes in. That's super interesting to think about that way. Um, How If we're thinking about Passover and Old Testament Passover and what it would look like in Jesus' time, how does this meal that Jesus is having with his disciples parallel with the old Testament? Like what can we see that are, what things can we see that are similar? Um, some meanings. What do you guys think? I mean, so much of it is fulfillment, you know, like the, the Passover in the old Testament was pointing forward to the Messiah, to the Passover lamb, uh, Jesus being the lamb of God. So, so much of it was fulfillment that they probably didn't get all of it in the moment, but definitely later, they realize, oh, this is actually, Jesus actually did this himself and mm-hmm. became that lamb. Uh, they were supposed to celebrate it every year. We've seen that they didn't do that very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus was faithful to to celebrate this and keep it. And then even that Passover meal became our, the became the foreshadowing, became the fulfillment of what we do with communion now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I actually just recently was doing some more learning about the Passover, and this is in the category of I'm not 100% sure, so do your own research. <laughs> cool. Um, what, I mean, one thing I am sure of is that this is this is recognizing the first Passover of um, the angel of death, like basically like coming into Egypt and delivering, ultimately mm-hmm. God delivering the people from Egypt. Um, but it did become symbolic of looking forward to the coming Messiah, like the ultimate delivery, um, where they would be um, restored to God with the Messiah. And so, one of the things I just heard recently is that um, apparently breaking, the actual act of breaking the bread um, in some circles was actually done to recognize specifically the coming Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so, you can read this passage, and when Jesus breaks the bread and says, "I'm I'm the bread, my body's broken for you. Um, he actually is in some ways saying, that's me. 
Um, and so it's, you know, to us, we read over it. We might miss that because we don't necessarily understand all the ceremony of it. Um, but it is a very direct statement by Jesus saying, yeah, I am, mm-hmm. which actually you were saying, Chris and mm-hmm. John, that it's coupled with an I am statement. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that he does actually die in the Passover week, um, it could have been any other week, uh, but he actually fulfills this during the exact time they're celebrating it. Um, which is pretty it, It's actually possible that Jesus is dying on the cross as the Passover lamb is being slaughtered for the, the ceremony, which is insane. Yeah, incredible. Hmm. Mark 14, 1. It was now two days before Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of the religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and to kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Matthew 26, 1. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, Passover begins in two days, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. At that time, the leading priests and elders were meeting at the residence of Caiaphas, the high priest, plotting how to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Luke 22, 1. The festival of unleavened bread, which is also called Passover, was approaching. The leading priests and teachers of the religious law were plotting how to kill Jesus, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Mark 14, 10. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted when they heard why he had come, and they promised to give him money, so he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Matthew twenty six fourteen. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him thirty pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Luke 22, 3. Then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples, and he went into the leading priests and the captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted, and they promised to give him money, so he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus so they could arrest him when the crowds weren't around. Mark fourteen twelve. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go to prepare the Passover meal for you? So Jesus sent two of them into Jerusalem with these instructions. As you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. So the two disciples went into the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. Matthew 26, 17. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? As you go into the city, he told them, You will see a certain man. Tell him, The teacher says, My time has come, and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover meal there. Luke 22, 7. Now the festival of unleavened bread had arrived when the Passover lamb was sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, Go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat together. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. He replied, As soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, My teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. John thirteen one. 
Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and they had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Mark fourteen seventeen. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the twelve. As they were at the table eating, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you eating with me will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, Am I the one? He replied, It is one of you twelve who is eating from this bowl with me. For the Son of Man must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the, for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And then he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth. I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it in the new, king, new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Matthew chapter 26, verse 20. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, Am I the one, Lord? He replied, One of you who has just eaten from this bowl will, with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, You have said it. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he gave, took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you must drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in, the king, in my Father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Luke chapter 22, verse 14. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he said, take this and share it amongst yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. But here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it is determined that the Son of God must, Son of Man must die. But what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? The disciples began to ask each other which one of them would do such a thing. Then they began to argue among themselves who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, In this world, the, king, the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? But the one who sits at the table, of course. But not here, for I am among you as the one who serves. You have stayed with me in my time of trial, and just as my Father has granted me the, a kingdom, I will now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. John chapter 13, verse 18. I am not saying these things to, sing, things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food and has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand, so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Now Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to, to him to ask, who is he talking about? So the disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus responded, it is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.